Just Jets episode number 188. I appreciate you guys for joining me, but it's a frustrating Just Jets podcast. It's a Jets therapy episode as the New York Jets fall for the 15th straight time to the New England Patriots. A game coming up against the defending Super Bowl champion in the Kansas City Chiefs that not a single soul feels good about the New York Jets' chances in. A quarterback is coming in Trevor Simeon, we'll get into your voicemails, which by the way, thank you guys so much for all the support on the voicemails. I love doing this show. I love the voicemails. I know uh, it's gotten some pushback over the years saying that uh, voicemails ain't it, but I like it. I think it's different. I think it what's makes it makes us unique. We do a little vo- call-in segment, uh, but 27 voicemails. I logged on to do my notes and there was 27. Unfortunately, I can't get to all 27. We'd be here all day long. And uh, I like to keep this show at the absolute most an hour in length. I think that's you know a nice consumable show. But we, we do have a lot of voicemails and a lot of venting and frustration to work our way through. But before we do that, a word from our sponsor over at Manscaped Fresh Ball fall is upon us and if you need to be in the festive spirit manscaped has you covered light a candle get some pumpkin spice and make sure your balls look nice with the sponsor of today's show manscaped how about how about that nature may clear the leaves of their trees of their trees excuse me but you'll need manscaped's help to get you ready for that sweater weather get your pants puppies prepared for cuffing season with a trim and refreshing as a fall breeze by going to manscaped.com using my code jets20 that is j-e-t-s-2-0 for 20 percent off and free shipping make sure to pick yourself up something nice courtesy of me matt o'leary over here at just jets all right so let's get into the episode before we get into your voicemails as i said a a bunch but i want to talk about the proverbial hot seat are Robert Sala and Joe Douglas on the hot seat? And I get the frustration from the fans. I am right there as well. I think it is organizational malpractice to run Zach Wilson out there again. They are going to do that this week against the Kansas City Chiefs because they did not have a quarterback who is on the roster and ready to go until yesterday when they signed Trevor Simeon, who I am rooting like hell for him to get ready and be ready to go for week five because guess who the Jets play in week five? The Denver Broncos. Can you say Trevor Simeon revenge game on the road in Denver against the team that he used to quarterback? Peyton Manning era ends. In comes Trevor Simeon for a couple of years, uh, and he's bounced around the league. We'll talk Trevor Simeon in a, in a, in a few minutes, in a few moments, uh, but just kind of wanted to speak on the hot seat, which is you know such a – hot-button issue, pun intended, I guess, and the fire that is going the way of Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. I'll start with Robert Sala because he, I think, is getting the most heat of the two. I do not think he did himself any favors this week by how he's talked about Zach Wilson and how they have this unwavering support of Zach Wilson, and I get it. Like, I am not saying that I expect Joe Douglas to go up there and say that, uh, to get up there and say, Zach Wilson sucks, our team sucks, or anything like that. That's not what anyone is asking. But when he's asked about him being the, the starter going forward, 
uh, why just just say something to the effect of we have to continue to evaluate everything in order for us to get better. We have to do that. Our offense needs to be better. We can't score. We've scored three offensive touchdowns in three weeks. That's not cutting it. We're going to do everything in our power to make sure we get that going in the right direction. Maybe that the that's not cutting it. Part's a little bit too harsh or something for Robert Sala. But not everyone has to be the best thing since sliced bread. That I think that's one of my biggest critiques with Robert Sala. And I genuinely I like Robert Sala. I think he's done a pretty good job so far. But there are some things that have really run me the wrong way with him. And him treating every fifty three every player on the fifty three man roster like they are the best player in the NFL is something that gets me nut going nuts. Whether it was Chasserat during Hard Knocks or Zach Wilson right now. Uh, I, I don't like that they are, you know, putting this out there that this is some changed quarterback in Zach Wilson in practice and oh you're just not seeing what we're seeing behind the scenes. We know better. Where this is 25 career starts or 25 career appearances, 24 starts from Zach Wilson at this point. It's enough time. Uh, and everyone is on the same page there that it's at least from the, I shouldn't say everyone majority of people are on the same page that it's enough is enough at this point. And, you know, he, he didn't help himself with how he spoke uh, last week before the game, talking about the offensive line and it'll be malpractice to start Makai Becton. And then they end at left tackle, and then they up, end up doing the offensive line we all wanted to see with AVT moved out to right tackle. Makai Becton, you know, at left tackle. Joe Tittman comes in and plays right guard. And we know the rest and how that story goes. So I get it. Like, you can't take everything at, at face value, but, I mean, I tweeted it out. I thought this was my least favorite uh, Robert Sala press conference since he compared Joe Flacco to a Ford F-150. That was I, that one drove me absolutely nuts. Uh, but every once in a while, he'll have one of those where it's like, I just, I really don't like it. I don't like how he handles the injuries. Uh, but I think fans don't want to give Robert Sala any credit. No credit at all. For instance, that week one win uh, against the Buffalo Bills they don't. Robert Sala didn't get any credit for keeping that team together and getting them back in the second half and having them, you know, again come together after losing their quarterback four plays into the game and winning that game and pulling that upset. No, no credit for that. None. But the the instant that the starting quarterback, you realize the starting quarterback is a non-functioning NFL quarterback. He's the he's the biggest issue, and I, I guess you could say he should have went to Tim Boyle, but also at the same time, like Tim Boyle is someone that they clearly just don't trust. He's a practice squad quarterback. That's what he is. Not saying that Zach Wilson isn't also a practice squad quarterback, but isn't that on the general manager to get a different quarterback in here? And you know, I understand. Look, they they got Rodgers. That that made me happy. Great, perfect. All right, they got Aaron Rodgers in here. Uh, but the second he goes down four plays into the season in week one, Joe Douglas has to bring someone in the next day for in case of emergency. And then you could have had someone ready to go, you know, sitting behind Zach Wilson in New England. Then you put them in the second half to try to get any form of life out of your, your offense. But they didn't do that. And now you have to start Zach on Sunday Night Football against the defending champions, Kansas City Chiefs, at home in your own building. And the Boo Birds are going to be out. And I don't want to hear that, you know, it's the Jets' fault, you know, Jet fans' fault, rather, 
uh, you know, oh, they they boo the team. That's why they that's why they're terrible. No, look, there's there's obviously people who go over the line, but if you can't understand the Jets fan frustration and why they'd be upset and be like, what are you supposed to do? Go up there and cheer after this BS over and over and over again? That's not fair either. So I don't want to hear it from guys like Aaron Rodgers and Robert Sala specifically, even though, you know, I love Aaron. Thankful he's coming back next year and thankful that he wanted to come here. But I don't want to hear from him that the Jets fans need to keep the positivity going and, you know, make sure to support the guys because you're not doing them any favors. That's We tried that stuff. It's, it's getting old. It's getting old real quick. And I'm not saying, look, it, it would be different if this was Zach Wilson's third career start and you're saying pull the plug on it. That's not the case. You gave him two years. Two years is more than enough uh, for me. It was more than two years that they actually gave him, right? He's starting 25 freaking games now at this point. But my thing for uh, young quarterbacks is I want to take a look at their sample size over two years. I wasn't out on Zach Wilson after one year. Uh, I thought that he, you know, we deserved another look in, in year two. And it didn't go well. It went really, really bad, actually. And again, it goes back to Joe Douglas not doing something on the next day, right? But are they on the hot seat or should or should they be let go? More people, I feel like more people, and you know, maybe you listening feel differently. I feel like more people are wishing Robert Sala fired than Joe Douglas because Joe Douglas has the 2022 draft class attached to and a couple of nice trades attached to uh, under his belt. So he is in the better graces of fans uh, than, than the head coach, which I don't think is fair. I think both guys have been okay. There have been or to, okay to pretty good. Uh, there's been some really nice moments for Joe Douglas, for instance, you know, Sam Darnold trade, uh, Jamal Adams trade, the 2022 draft class, but there's also been some really big, significant misses, whether it be, you know, the, a couple of things in the draft classes, uh, free, some free agency problems, not adding uh, a backup quarterback immediately after Aaron Rodgers goes down, waiting a couple of weeks. Um, you know, the, the offensive line being in the state of what it is, which the line got better. So uh, in week three, and I think should be fine going forward. So, um, you know, I, I think it's not as bad as maybe we, we thought and Dwayne Brown coming out might've actually helped things out, but, uh, you know, there's been some, certainly some questionable decisions, but Robert Sal is the mouthpiece. He's the one he has the media availability every single week where Joe Douglas only talks to the media a handful of times a year. He's not really talking to them day in and day out like the coaches. So he's the one who Sal is the one who's pushed up in front of our faces. And again, this is not me saying that he has been a perfect head coach. He hasn't. There's been some things he's done that I really haven't liked or haven't agreed with, but I, it's hard to evaluate this coaching staff uh, for at any level with, having you know being hamstrung by the quarterback like Zach Wilson's not playable right now they don't have a quarterback who is playable so it's hard for me to get on the head coach especially when his defense right he has a defensive-minded head coach they allowed 13 points to New England then and lost the game the last three games against the New England Patriots they've allowed two touchdowns offensive touchdowns to the Pats and they've lost all three games so, yeah, the record looks terrible, right? He's 0-5. Salah and Wilson are 0-5 against the New England uh, the Patriots, but that's a hell of a lot more on Zach Wilson than it is Robert Salah. His defense has done the job. Not, not the first two years. They just flat-out stunk in 2021. But in 2022 and 23 now, defense has done the job. 
He don't get any credit for turning that defense around. He doesn't get credit for keeping the team in the game in week one. They just want to pile on for Robert Sala because of, of his quotes. And I get it. I don't like the quotes. He's not helping himself. He isn't helping the cause. But how are you going to pull the plug on the two guys who Aaron Rodgers wanted to come and play for in Joe Douglas and Robert Sala? And you're going to pull the plug on that? Why? Why? Rodgers is coming back in 2024. He's going to be here. I think you need to give them both a look with a season of Aaron Rodgers before we're making any you know, decisions here. I don't think it would make sense to pull the plug in season. I don't think it would make sense to pull it after the season. I guess we could reevaluate when we get there. And if this team just loses out 16 straight games, maybe that's a different story, right? Maybe things go a little bit different, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the defense is far too talented for that to be the case. And as sad as this is, they just got an upgrade at the quarterback position. Trevor Simeon's a freaking upgrade at what they have. And, you know, if Trevor was on the roster and started against the Pets, they beat the Patriots with Trevor Simeon. That's not hyperbole. He was fine last year and the year before. He started four games for the Saints in 2021 and put up, like, relatively okay numbers. He averaged 230 yards a game, had eight touchdowns to three picks in, in four starts for, for the New Orleans Saints, and he played in a fifth game as well. The, the Jets could win with that. It's not asking a lot, and not, I'm not saying a Super Bowl. That, that that dream died on the field in on the fourth play of the, the game against the Buffalo Bills when Aaron Rodgers went down for your season, but and they need to be competitive down the stretch. If, if a Trevor Simeon, and maybe they still add a different quarterback at some point, even and they get somebody else to play a handful of games, they, they need to be competitive and win. I don't care about the draft pick and trying to tank for a better draft pick and then draft a quarterback. And they're going to put the chips in on the table in 2024, going for it with, with Aaron Rodgers. I don't care about tanking. This team needs to win games and have some positive momentum going forward for once. They ended their season on a six-game losing streak last year, and the locker room was in shambles. There's signs of the locker room cracking now because of how poor the quarterback play is. And they could say they believe in Zach Wilson all they want, but the reality is they need to get things going in the right direction and need to win some games. If they go you know, 9-8 and eight and miss the playoffs or 8-9 and nine and miss the playoffs, but... Defense plays weight and uh, plays well, and at least you could evaluate the rest of the freaking roster because that's another thing. You can't evaluate anything with Zach Wilson right now because defenses are stacking the boxes. Uh, it's hard for them to get anything going in the ground game. They can't throw the ball. They can't do anything. They had it was eight three and outs in the game against New England. It was a joke. It was an absolute joke. So uh, I get the frustration from the fan base at both the coaching staff and the GM. There's going to be a lot of talk about the offensive coordinator even uh, in this episode from the voicemails, and I get it. He hasn't been great, but there's only so much you can do when your quarterback can't function in an offense. Statistically, the second-worst quarterback of the decade. Only Josh Rosen was less efficient um, than than Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has the most amount of time to throw in the NFL. He holds onto the ball for the longest amount of time in the NFL. Don't give me the offensive line excuse, and the play caller can only do so much, especially when it comes out on tape that there are open receivers and the quarterback is not getting them the football. So that's just my little rant on it to open up the show. I don't think that Robert Sala or Joe Douglas could be should be on the hot seat right now. I understand the fan frustration. I'm frustrated too. I'm upset. I want to see a better product, but really... You need to see them with a legitimate quarterback before we could actually make that judgment call. Let's get into your voicemails. First up, we are going to go out 
to Don calling in from Florida. He wants to talk about the Jets' weapons on offense. All right, we'll do it. We'll do some weapon talk. Hey, man, it's Don from Florida. This is just uh, frustrating. Uh, I have faith that this team can turn it around, but, like, there's pieces missing. We need we need to address something. Like, their their defense should not be locking people up like that. Like the 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 separation was there only on a couple occasions. Like Zach was doing a lot to try to make something happen, and thankfully he didn't have a turnover to really mess up something in his game like that. And he actually had his, his little drive there at the end with the Nick Baldwin touchdown. But like we need weapons, we need separation. Somebody has to pull the plug and get like Mike Evans or somebody down here to help him out that Garrett Wilson doesn't have all the pressure on him to get open because Alan Lazard is not helping back out with dropping passes on the sideline. It's, 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 you can't do that when you're trying to break the narrative and, and and beat the Patriots. Like, I can't believe this is at 15, 15 wins for them. This is insane. I hate the freaking Patriots. Like, this is crazy. Anyway, jet up. Let's get it. Yeah, thank you so much for calling in here, but I don't know why they're going to move on from Mike Evans right now. They're they're 2-1, and one, and they're still hanging in the mix. Uh, and I, I get it. I would love Mike Evans on this team if Aaron Rodgers was here. Different story, but uh, they can't give up a, a draft pick right now for a guy like Mike Evans for Zach Wilson or Trevor Simeon to play with. That doesn't really do it justice. And uh, to be honest with you, on film there are guys open. I know on the broadcasts it might not have felt that way initially because Zach is running around and doing things, but he's running around and doing things because he's not reading the defense. He's bailing on pockets that he shouldn't be. He could step up and make plays, but... He, he isn't. He's stepping up in the pocket a little bit more than he, he was completely bailing on the pocket last year, which was just flat out terrible. We hated to see that when he was just bailing out and running around about 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage. But I don't think more weapons is going to be the fix here. I, I think the they do need to make some adjustments with the players that they have. Like there's no reason Randall Cobb should be playing 73% of offensive snaps. While someone like Miko Hardman's playing 3%, that's just stupid. That doesn't make any sense. But there's enough talent here where they could at least be semi-functional if they had a competent quarterback or someone who could actually maybe do a little bit of something. So I, I don't think the more weapons really is going to make a difference at all. I don't think Mike uh, Mike Evans' trade f- is, is coming, nor is it necessary. Let's do Dante from South Carolina up next. He's upset. I, mean, I, I get it. He's upset. Let's hear from him. Hey, Matt, it's Dante from South Carolina. What's up, uh, man? I'll make this quick because last week I got cut off. But uh, <laughs> Jets game just ended. We're at 15 against the Patriots now. Um, absolutely awful. This offense looks like it's a middle school U14 club. It's it's ridiculous. A um, couple points. I'm not going to, like, elaborate on anything. I'll just let you talk about them. But uh, I'm almost out of the packet. His personnel usage, his play calls, just everything about this offense is just so bad. Um I can't stand it. And you can blame some of it on Zach. You can blame some of it on just the fact that Cobb is playing over Hardman and we're not using players to their strengths. I don't know, but I think that's Hackett's responsibility to figure out. Uh, a lot of focus is on Sauce now. He's kind of having a down year when he's not. But DJ Reed is having a sneaky 
bad year. He's not doing too hot either. And um, he's let up a few big plays that are kind of annoying. And Greg DeLeg and Morstead are our best players. I think we should give them just 12-year max contracts because they're the only consistencies to this whole team. Sorry for my language. I'm just I'm just mad, man. I hate listening to these Patriots. And uh, Penix from Washington in college. I guess that's our new guy. I think we're on the way to a top 10 pick. Um, we got to get him. Trade everything. Trade the house and get Penix and fix the O-line of free agency or something. We just need somebody else at this point. I think Zach is just too far gone. He doesn't have the support of the the fan base anymore. I think the team is getting frustrated with him from what we saw on the sidelines today. And, yeah, man, that's just all the points I had. Love to hear what you said, uh, think about him. But um, go Jets. Um, I guess we'll persevere, man. <laughs> that's all we can do. A couple of things, a couple of thoughts on it. Um, I, I agree that Hackett is – bad I've, he's been bad so far but uh, again I think you, you need to see with a different quarterback what the difference is remember with Mike LaFleur that you know the only quarterback who wasn't putting up numbers was was Zach Wilson uh, so we'll see if that changes if they and I think they do eventually make that change I cannot get on board with any defensive slander right now uh, when especially DJ Reed or Sauce Gardner for their bad year in the in the game against New England uh, DJ Reed gave up two catches for 19 yards on the year. He's given up 12 catches for 110 yards and no touchdowns in three games. The yardage total is a little bit higher than where it was last year. Uh, and some of that's from the, the Buffalo game. I thought Reed and, uh, and sauce both kind of struggled going up against Stefan Diggs, mind you. But if a hundred, if 110 yards and no touchdowns in three games is really that, that big of an issue, then I, I, I don't know what the standard is for, for corner play. I'm not concerned in the slightest about the Jets trio at cornerback in Sauce Gardner, Michael Carter, and DJ Reed. I think they are a fantastic trio. And again, I can't – they gave up 13 points to the New England Patriots. The Pats didn't take one offensive snap from the red zone. One. The entire game. So I, I really am going to have a hard time doing any defensive talk in a negative light today. I get – some of the frustration, but I, I can't go there. I really can't. Let's do Jake from Jersey up next. Wants to do some play calling discussion. Hey, what's up, Matt? Jake from Jersey. Oh, I'm sure you got a million calls of people just beating the shit out of Zach Wilson. Rightfully so. He didn't play good. Um, I'm not a Zach fan, but I mean, it's just kind of crazy how bad I think the offensive play calling is. Like, I mean, yeah, they, everyone can say like Zach can't execute this or that, but I mean, like. If I, a fan, a normal casual guy, knows that the Jets are going to run on first and second down, I'm sure an NFL defense knows. It's just crazy how predictable they are. And on that one drive that did work, the touchdown drive at the end of the game, it's it's like they you could clearly see uh, a, like a change in the calling. They're like, all right, Zach, swing it. Like that's almost how it seems. And I, I, I'm wondering if they're – Holding the kid back, like granted, he probably missed a bunch of open guys, pressure got to him. I don't know. It's hard to tell, but I'm kind of nervous with Hackett, man. Like, is is he only good when he has Rodgers and like that's it? Because if that's the case, say we draft the QB late in the first or, or whatever happens, I don't know. But once Rodgers is gone, I kind of want that guy out of there. Only three games in, but hey, I don't know. Uh, let me know what you think about the play calling specifically. I mean, I'm going to give Zach one more week against the Chiefs. There. 
we'll see what happens with their defense. But I don't know. I it's so tough with this play calling, man. Uh, and you can't even point. You, know, you can't put all the blame there either. You don't know because the old line like wasn't great. I mean, the the rushing attack wasn't great. Nothing was good. But like, it's not all on Zach's shoulders. But I mean, he has to play a lot better. But it's just weird. It's weird how that one drive worked so good, and then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I just forget. It. You know, it's it's weird. So it's like the rest of the game, ah, just forget it. You know, I'll just run, run, and then pass, run, run, pass, whole game, and then that one drive. It's like, all right, let's let's trust plays, and then it's weird, very weird. And the personnel too, man. Like freaking, I'm sick of Rucker. One snap, dude. Dude can probably block most defensive ends if needed. Like I, I don't understand this. One, one snap per fucking. Oh, sorry, one snap per uh, game. That that is so ridiculous. Same with Nicole Hardman. Or even put Gibson for like an end around or something. Man, like it's just crazy. Blows my mind. But trying to stay positive. We'll see what happens. Just I mean, worst comes to worst, I think Rogers will come back next year, and then maybe we we get a young guy in here to learn as well. I, I don't know, but we'll see, man. Just want to know your thoughts. Didn't mean to ramble on so long there, but uh, <laughs> no, you're good. Love the show, man, and uh, I guess uh, go Jets, right? Thank you for the support. really means a lot, uh, and I get the, the frustration. Rodgers is coming back next year, so that is the, the silver lining in all of this is that they are going to get Aaron Rodgers back. Um, I think it's bo- I think both things can be true. I think that Zach Wilson cannot – play quarterback in the NFL and Nathaniel Hackett needs to be better. Like both of those, th- those things are, and can be true. Um, the personnel usage is really my biggest thing, but again, I have a, I have a hard time killing the coordinator when there are open players on the screen that the quarterback isn't hitting or isn't seeing that to me is the, the bigger issue. And again, that's not a pass on Hackett. He has to be, get, be better both of those things are true that Hackett has to improve and I guess I have more faith in Hackett improving than Zach Wilson improving because we saw it and was he the best with Aaron Rodgers yes but he also made uh he made Blake Bortles a functioning quarterback in 2017 and they went to the AFC championship game and had a great run offense so I'm not going to say he's going to you know be Sean McVay or, or Kyle Shanahan level of play caller but I think he could at least be semi-passable with even remotely slightly better quarterback play. So again, I, I really do get the get the frustration, Jake, but I really don't know how much difference it's going to make. Let's go to Peter from the beautiful Hudson Valley up in New York. Hey, Matt. It's Peter from up in the wet, washed-out weekend of the Hudson Valley. As the rain continues to fall, which feels like the tears of Jet fans after this game today, and another loss to the Patriots. Uh, some observations to start out. Um, thank God they went with the offensive line combination that they apparently practiced all week on and decided not to tell anyone about, and then have Beckton on the left side and AVT on the right side and Tipman in a guard, because it seemed like that was much better protection for Zach Wilson. It just didn't seem to help in the run game. But then Zach, you know, held the ball a little too long just about every time he was dropping back and trying to throw. And he had some wide open receivers at times and just couldn't find them. And that's a problem. (laughs) Um, And I think at this point, 
how much more of a leash are we going to give him as Jets fans before, and actually as the players are, before this team revolts and says, you know, with all the talent that we have, we need a quarterback and we need it now, and we need to be able to make a playoff run. So my question is, what's it going to take for Joe Douglas to pry Cousins away from the Owen Tree Vikings, considering they're going nowhere? Obviously, I don't think it's going to take the first-round pick the Jets still have because it's not going to go to the Packers, but something might have to uh, work its way through there and see if the uh, the Vikings are willing to, to give up Cousins. So maybe the Jets can rent him for a year at least and see if we can make a proper playoff push with this talented team that we have. One other thing I want to mention that uh, I only found out a bit short time ago after the game, my brother and nephew tell me they went to the game today. Uh, now, the last game that they went to happened to be the uh, Jets' 2015 win behind Fitzmagic uh, when they came back and won in overtime and was the last win the Jets had over the Patriots. I was there. So knowing that they had gone to the game today, I kind of wish it had worked out in the Jets' favor, but it did yep. not break that streak, unfortunately. Ugh. So let's hope if we go to another game, we can do that because um, we're planning on it. Love but it. anyway... Again, let me know what we can do to get the Jets a proper quarterback and get this team into a playoff run for this year. And hopefully, go Jets. Yeah, you know, the Kirk Cousins one is an interesting... They obviously dropped to 0-3. I don't think they would pull the plug on that yet, and I think that is something that would have to happen closer to the trade deadline, which maybe that's good to have Trevor Simeon in here as your stopgap, and then maybe something crazy happens, you could get Kirk Cousins. Again, the chances of that happening very, very, very small, in my opinion, but I don't necessarily think it's going to have to cost a first-round pick because he's walking at the end of the year. You're losing him for, for nothing. So if you could get give him for a third, then why wouldn't you do something like that in – you know, and give you give you a shot. It also depends on what your record is at the time. Like, there's so many variables that go into it. But I agree. I don't think it would be a first round pick that would have to go to Minnesota just because of, uh, you know, it's on an expiring deal. It would be just a rental. You know, there's so many factors that go into it. But I think they would have to. Oh, and three is not enough. They got to be like oh and six, oh and seven before they would start even considering something like that. But he's probably not going to be there next year. And honestly, people don't want to hear it. People are like the fact that Trevor Simeon, that I'm talking about Trevor Simeon being an upgrade to the quarterback room. That sounds absolutely insane. But he is like he just flat out is. If you look at some of Trevor Simeon's numbers for when he was starting, the, the Jets could win some games with that. I'm not saying being a Super Bowl contender. I'm not even necessarily saying make the playoffs, but he is miles, miles ahead of where, where Zach Wilson is. He started one game last year against the New York Jets. He went 14-25, 56% completion, 179, one touchdown, one pick, uh, 7.16 yards per attempt, which is obviously not great. But he started four games against, uh, in 2021, excuse me, for the New Orleans Saints. He went for 249 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, against Atlanta, 298 and two touchdowns, 104.8 rating against Tennessee, uh, 214 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, a 74-4 rating against uh, Philadelphia. And against Buffalo, wasn't great. Uh, 163 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, if you were to combine over those four starts, that is a 
57.6 completion percentage, 924 yards, which is 231 yards a game, eight touchdowns, three picks, and 86.7 rating. If you were to pay, <laughs> if you were to pace that out over a full season, 3,900 yards, 34 touchdowns, 13 picks. That'd be a fantastic quarterback season. And I'm not saying that's what he would do, but can he go out there and give you 220 yards and a touchdown and maybe not turn the ball over? He'll give you, you know, 58 completion percentage isn't great, but you could at least be semi-competitive with Trevor Simeon. And that's that's really just where I, I want to be right now is just have half of a freaking shot on offense. Thank you again to Peter. Let's go to uh, up next. We're going to go to Joe calling in from Holbrook. Holbrook, excuse me, wants to talk about the pass rush. Hey, Maddie, what's up, dude? It's Joe from Holbrook. Um, I know everybody's furious about Zach and how terrible he was and Daniel Hackett's horrible play calling, but I wanted to ask you, where the hell has the pass rush been this entire season? I haven't seen it at all. I don't know how many sacks they have. I haven't looked up the stats, but I don't think it's a lot. It might be one or two. So, where is the pass rush? Why isn't Will McDonald playing? Carl Lawson stinks. Uh, and that's it. Thanks. Love you, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Carl Lawson, I think the struggles are here, and he might just be too many injuries at this point. Uh, I thought Jeff fans were a little too harsh on him last year, but he's been really slow out of the gate through two games. Uh, I'm with you. I think Will McDonald, Jermaine Johnson, and Bryce Huff are three guys who need to see the field more. They have six sacks on the season, which is lower than where it should be. Again, I mentioned it earlier on the show. I cannot get on here and be upset with this defense. They allowed 13 freaking points and lost. They've allowed 13, 3, and uh, 22, I guess, against New England the last time they played. But... They've allowed two offensive touchdowns in their last three games against New England, and they've lost all three uh, of those games. The sack numbers, I think, will go up. They have six. The Eagles, who have a great defensive line, they have six sacks. 49ers have a great defensive line. Like, right, aren't the teams in the mix who have the best defensive lines, the Jets, the Niners, and the Eagles, most people would say? They have eight. So it's not like they're crazy far off. If they had two sacks in three games, you'd be upset. Uh, most of these sacks did come uh, early on in that first game, but I, I think it'll get back to the mean a little bit. These last two weeks have been pretty pretty outliers there, and the defense is not my biggest concern at this moment. Uh, let's do PG. He wants to do some Boyle versus Wilson talk. Hello, Matt. This is PG from Long Island. Um, pretty much going to say the same thing I talked about in the phone call I, the, the voicemail I left you last week that was between was before the game so it wasn't eligible but Robert Sala after the game today said that that Zach Wilson gives them the best chance uh, as quarterback but that is the best chance out of, out of who? Out of him and a Boy. backup quarterback whose name I can't even remember right? and who would be a probably third stringer or on the practice squad of almost any other team in the NFL. So really point is as much as I have loved most of what Joe, Joe Douglas has done, they need to get somebody else in here and they need to do it quickly. 
They need to do it uh, so that he's prepared for the Denver game. They want to give Zach a chance, but you saw tonight that Zach, Zach pretty much is what he is. Uh, he's got a great arm, great athleticism, and not cannot um, process what's going on in the field quick enough, which is really, you know, uh, what Brown and Nagel's problem was so many years ago. And he is what he is, and he's not a starting, you know, caliber quarterback in the NFL at this point. Maybe there's hope, maybe not. I don't know. But right now, if you want to save the season, you have to bring somebody else in. I don't know who that is. Uh, Nick Foles comes to my mind. But my question for you is, A, do you agree? And B, who's out there? Who do they come in? Who do they bring in, start start learning the offense right away and uh, getting him ready in time to salvage this, you know, very high talented roster uh, that is just gonna at this point do the same thing it did last year if if even that if even we get seven wins I mean Miami looks like a juggernaut I mean so hoping to split those games I don't know if we do that um, but in any case that's my question uh, who's out there who do you think yeah well All I right. thank you Matt um, good job and go Jets Sorry to cut you off at the, at the end. I thought you were I thought you were done, but I, I appreciate the the call in. And obviously, this was before um, the signing of Trevor Simeon. And I, I get it. I was hoping for something different. Um, I think McCoy or Wentz would have probably been better options, but anything is an upgrade. And this is someone that they're familiar with. Joe Douglas brought in Trevor Simeon in 2019. Obviously, that didn't end well as Simeon had his leg broken on Monday Night Football. Hopefully, this Jets tenure goes a little bit better. But he has shown that he could at least operate an NFL offense. Uh, it, it's not the, the Jets would have got clowned for no matter what they did. If they brought in Carson Wentz, then it's, oh, my God, I can't believe they brought in that toxic Carson Wentz. Or if they signed Colt McCoy, it would be, oh, my God, what, what is Colt McCoy going to do? Um this might not be their last quarterback move, and it is an upgrade to what they currently have. Is it the best thing they've ever done? No, of course, of course not. It, it, it's you know that's not going to be the case, unfortunately. But it's uh, it's better than what they currently have, and hopefully, we see him on the field sooner rather than later. Dom from Long Island is optimistic, but his optimism is fading. All right, let's do it. Hey, Matt. Uh, my name is Dom. I am from Long Island. Um, you know, I'm sure you got a bunch of calls uh, about the game today, and it was really disappointing. Uh, I, I've listened to a while, and I've always wanted to call in, so uh, here I go, I guess. You know, uh, I don't want to just complain about the game. I kind of want to mention my my last shed of optimism, I guess. I, uh, I've always, I've always kind of been that optimistic Jets fan, like, oh, Zach will be fine. Even you know, and I thought about week one. I was at the week one game, awesome game. You know, I was at halftime. And I was in the dip and dots line. I go to my girlfriend, like, "Hey, we're only down two scores." You know, we did win that game, but you know, and after this game, I'm like so over it. You know, I, I hate the fact that I'm like super invested every week. You know, on just you know, on on scrolling Twitter, watching you know your videos, other videos, and then getting hyped, and then you know, getting disappointed come game time. You know. You know how you you know you know how it is. A bunch of people listening to know how it is. Um, but I'm I you know besides having Kansas City next week, that's gonna suck. Sunday night national football, that's gonna suck. Um, 
you know, after that, I think, you know, whoever the quarterback is, you know, I'm sure you're going to talk about this a hundred times. Uh, everyone's going to talk about this a hundred times. Um, you know, besides, I, you know, we have a schedule that seems fairly easy, and I hope it ends up working out. I really, really do. Thank you. I hope this makes it. Uh, go Jets. Yeah. No, I get it. It's, uh, well, I don't want you to go anywhere, please. I can't do this without you guys. Uh, well, I would still be doing it. I'd be talking to, I guess, nobody, just putting it out into the abyss. Uh, but I appreciate you guys sticking with me. And, you know, I, I honestly, the this is kind of a Jets therapy episode, but I think it does help having a community to talk through, you know, everything with. I, I appreciate your optimism. I'm not very optimistic against the Kansas City Chiefs. I do think Denver is winnable, especially if you know they do play Trevor Simeon instead of Zach Wilson. Um, if you get that and you're two and four at the bye, it does ease up a little bit after that. Maybe there's another even quarterback addition. I, I I don't know, but there's too much talent on this roster for it to just completely be punted away. That's I think my biggest thing is I don't want to just punt this season away. Uh, I think they need to compete and show signs of of growing and going forward. Once Rodgers goes down, I'm not full. Oh, my God, bring the tank on. We're going to lose 16 games now and draft Caleb Williams or Drake Bay or whatever. No, that's not the the way. That's not what I think they should do. Um, I think they need to go in all in next year and use a first-round pick on someone who's going to impact the team, Um, not a quarterback who's going to sit behind Aaron Rodgers. Let's go to, let's see, uh, Devin from Nevada. There was a couple from him, but I, I got the third one finally hits. All right, let's do it. What's up, Matt? Uh, Devin from Nevada. Nevada. Here. So I just gave you two calls in a row, man. So they both went over the time just because I got so much on my mind, brother, and it's hard to, you know, exactly put it into words. But third time's a charm. Like, let's go. All right, so uh, last year, I think I was one of the first people if not be first, to so go ahead and give you a call and say that Michael Floor was not the guy at offensive coordinator. And uh, I think it was probably like week four or week five when I said that. And I know that is premature of me. I know it's like jumping the gun. And oh, I guess maybe, uh, you know, forgive me for my lack of patience uh, on that. But in the end, I was right. So same thing. You know, I know it's early. Again, week three, only giving the guy three weeks. Whatever, whatever. I was like, bro, I've seen enough of that kid. That kid is not the guy. He's not the answer either. Um, look, I've been watching football all my life. We know what it's supposed to look like, okay? Uh, we understand concepts of football. We get it. We know what an offense is supposed to look like. I can't tell you when I'm watching on Sundays, bro. It looks like the most difficult thing. It looks like uh, the football that we're throwing has 45 extra pounds weighted to it, and the other team's throwing around a, a feather. Um, weird analogy, but... It's just really the only way I can explain, like, the ineptitude on offense. It really looks uh, like it's so confusing, um, but it's probably not, and I know that most of that has to do with Zach Wilson. But um, all I'm going to say is, like, the eye test, the smell test. The you smell can test. The, got it. Um, the Jets, they haven't found their guy on offense. I know it's early for me to say, but, look, I don't need to wait till week seven, week eight, week nine, and we're two and seven to be like, oh, okay, hack it sucks. It's like, nah, bro, I get it now. Um like, and again, it's just, uh, it just looks so difficult. It looks so hard. You know, Miami's putting up their second string, their third stringers, putting up 70 on the Broncos. And, uh, bro, we can't score a touchdown. We, we can't score in the second. Uh, oh, my goodness, bro. You get what I'm saying. But 
And I know it's early of me, but hey, bro, I'm going to put it out there. Hackett's not the dude. Uh, we initially just hoped that Rodgers and Hackett would save our season, mostly Rodgers, but Rodgers isn't a miracle worker, and Hackett's not the guy. I know it's early of me, but I said what I said, man, and unless I, I'd love to be proved wrong, but, uh, you know, doesn't pass any sort of smell test, eye test. We, we know what football is, bro. We're not watching that every week. Let me know what you think, bro. Am I too early or am I just leading the charge? Have a good one, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, I would like to see him with a different quarterback. Um, before I completely make that statement, I don't think your take is necessarily unfair. Um, it hasn't been good. I think uh, Hall of Fame quarterback and Aaron Rodgers hides a lot of warts and a lot of blemishes. Uh, but you're right. Like It feels like you're pulling teeth on offense and shouldn't be that hard. It, it, teams around the league have success with their backup quarterbacks all the time. And then there's Zach Wilson who just can't can't do a damn thing, which gives me a little bit of hope for Trevor Simeon because you see Josh Dobbs going out there and playing good football. Andy Dalton's slinging the rock around the field against Seattle. Um, you know, there, there's – you know, backup quarterbacks are coming in and having a play all around. The Gardner Minshew came in and played well for the Colts and got them a win, a big upset win. So, you know, the, the crazy things happen, and I, I hope that you know they do end up giving the keys to Trevor at some point, and we get to see him and maybe even a different quarterback. But again, I completely understand the concern with Nathaniel Hackett. I think he's been really, really bad uh, so far, and I think probably the only chance of him being saved is when, if and when Aaron Rodgers comes back. So. I don't see him going anywhere, though, because of Rodgers and uh, just their their brotherhood together. Let's go to, and thanks again for the call. Let's go to Chris calling in from Sayville, Long Island. We've got some hack and hate. All right, let's keep the trend rolling. What's up, Mr. Matter later? This is Chris from Sayville. I'm not going to call and debate about Zach. We all know what he is. We have two years of film on him. But more importantly, what's up with the game plan. Let's, Mr. Hackett calling these garbage plays a pass, a run, a punt is pretty predictable. It just it seems like maybe he's a one-trick pony. Maybe he's going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. Uh, what's your thoughts? Um, I guess go Jets. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, the call and it does feel, I mean, that you're kind of going on the back of what Devin was just saying and just what the, the overall theme in general is. I think having Rodgers around obviously makes him a much, again, that hides a lot of the deficiencies in his game, but the areas that he can improve are, are obvious. He is very, very predictable, and they never, ever, ever use motion, which drives me absolutely crazy. The best offenses in the NFL are using motion. The the 49ers, the Rams, the Dolphins use heavy, heavy motion. Um, although the Dallas Cowboys don't really use a lot of motion. They've had some success on the offensive side of the ball. But you get you get the point. More often than not, you know, these teams are using motion and, and getting creative and, you know, finding a good matchup. So I, I get it. And again, it goes back to it looks like this offense is pulling teeth to try to get anything going. And if it continues to look that way after they make a change at quarterback and things don't look any different, then I think that will be our questions will absolutely be answered. But I still think we need to at least see that before we make those definitive uh, statements. Let's close out. I need to close out with a little bit of a positive note here. And I want to go to my good buddy, Travis from Ohio. He's back with some Jets therapy for me. All right, let's do it. I need it. Hey, Matt. What's Travis up? Travis from Ohio. Hey, buddy. <laughs> I think you needed a little jet therapy to cheer you up. 
Zach sucks, but so is the rest of his draft class. We still have our 2024 first round pick. Everybody's saying that. I mean, what do you do? Uh, we're going to play away from being two and one in Denver with Sean Payton. He's doing three and lost 70 to 20 on Sunday. Um, if we can go to 500, we get to 500 before the trade deadline. We can still, that, that means Cousins price is going to be lower and, um, that's more salary cap that the Vikings are going to eat. So we can actually get them cheaper. Maybe, I don't know, or maybe another veteran at the deadline. So. Love you, buddy. Hope that cheered you up. And uh, go Jets. Bye. I appreciate you, Travis. Always trying to cheer me up at the end. Look forward to these calls. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you bring up a couple good points. One, you still have the 2024 first-round pick. That's that's a plus. Uh, beating up on Denver would be nice. And how freaking hilarious would it be? This is where we'll end off. How hilarious would it be? for a Nathaniel Hackett and Trevor Simeon one-two punch go into Denver on the road and beat Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. That would be perfection. And then you're going into the bye at two and four probably. I don't think you're beating the Chiefs or the Eagles, even if you know they, they get better quarterback play. That, that was a tough ask even with Aaron Rodgers, but it lightens up after the bye, which is another reason why I don't want to completely, again, punt away on, the, on this season. I don't think it's fair to this to this team. Uh, I think there's too much still on the on the line. And again, am I saying they're going to win 11 games and be a playoff team? I, I don't know. I, I think that's a really, really big challenge. But if they get better quarterback play from Trevor Simeon or you know make a move at the deadline and they're still hanging tough, you have the Giants after the bye who uh, they haven't looked great. You have the Raiders who stink. You always play the Bills tough. Miami looks like a juggernaut. But Atlanta, Houston, Washington – Cleveland, there's some winnable games after the bye week. So I, for one, am not ready to just completely punt off the season. Uh, I'm upset. I'm frustrated. But hopefully things change. That's what this week's about. Change it starting now. Let's get Trevor Simeon on the field. Folks, that's going to do it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe before you go. Give a like. Appreciate all the support. I'm Matt O'Leary, and I'll catch you next time.